Hello and welcome to Driftwood Theology. This is my little podcast that takes the ideas that I encounter in my life and carves some theology out of them. My name's Andrew Smith and today's Driftwood is power. There's an adage that says power corrupts. Last century, a guy called Lord Acton is often attributed as the one with the longer version that says power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm a bit relieved that he notes it only tends to corrupt, but uh, worryingly that probably means most people who get power think that they will be the exception to the rule. Whether Acton is right, studies continue to show that changes in power do change a person. Losing power changes a person. Gaining power changes a person. Although that person's personality and disposition has a bearing on the outcome, so does the context that they find themselves in, and that context of power has a bearing too. It doesn't take much of a search online in the LSE or HBR or Psychology Today to find articles about gaining power and the effect it has on people. They tend to have observations like this. Powerful people take more risks show less empathy, become more focused on goals. But there's also research about powerlessness. I found one article by Warren Tenhouten who said that losing power makes a person more pessimistic, more fatalist, more anxious and afraid, and more ashamed. In my own experience, the the people with less power are also more likely to be generous and focused on people. I know it's anecdotal evidence, but that's my experience. What we know is that power does change people. That's inescapable. We know that power isn't shared equally as well. Someone has more power than you. Someone has less power than you. One question that arises is what to do with power if we get it. There's a cultural disdain for people who use power for selfish gains. You can think of the cliché of the politician who gets rich while in office. Or the pastor who has affairs with young, attractive staff members. Even the caricature of someone who finds loopholes in the rules. A welfare cheat, a tax dodger. That one person you never invite to play board games. What we respect is the use of power for the benefit of the powerless. This seems to be the proper use of power. Recently, I've been thinking about power through the three biblical stories, three characters, all called Joseph. There's a Joseph in Genesis, there's a Joseph of Arimathea in the Gospels, and there's Joseph who was married to Mary, Jesus' mother. Joseph of Genesis was able to use his power for the powerless. Starving people from surrounding places could come and buy grain during a famine. He'd saved up the grain and set up structures to supply it. Even his own family, who had thought him long dead, they got benefits from what Joseph did. But even after all that, Joseph was unable to change anything about the system of power that he was part of. He became complicit in that system. And 400 years later, the descendants of all the Israelites were found to be slaves in that same system. Joseph of Arimathea 
was able to use his power to bring dignity to Jesus and his family. The Romans would often leave the crucified people on display for days after their deaths as a warning to others who might consider challenging Rome. This Joseph used his power to get the Romans to release the body and take it out of public view or shame. But he continued to do this secretly. He had a position of authority on a council. He didn't want to lose his position in society to be exposed as one of Jesus' followers. Power caught Joseph of Arimathea. He was afraid to lose it. And Joseph, the husband of Mary, he used his power. He could have divorced Mary when finding out that she was pregnant before they were married. Instead, he used his power to give her a home and a place to raise a family. He saved Mary and Jesus by fleeing Herod's massacre as refugees to Egypt. And then, interestingly, after Jesus' childhood, he disappears from the story. We know they have other children, but we'd never see anything more of him. Does he just stay in the background and keep using his power as an income earner to keep supporting Mary and Jesus and the rest in the family? He became anonymous and used his power to support the work of others. Each Joseph story shows what can be done with power what power can do to us, how we can respond to gaining power, and how our best intentions may still leave us complicit in the structures of power and unable to make any lasting change. And now this is Driftwood for you. What will you carve out of it?